I decided to start making jokes on this because, like, I just personally think that humor is just. Oh, sorry, I'm actually just getting a phone call. I'm gonna answer it very quickly. Oh, who is it? Um, I don't know. It just says an Australian number. I. It's, it's not. The ringtone isn't going off because obviously I I put my phone silent for the podcast because I'm a professional. Yeah. But I'm just gonna answer very quickly. Hello. Good eye, mate. Oh my god, Margot Robbie. You right, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, Margot Robbie. What are you calling me for? I fancy you, mate. <laughs> oh shit! Um, can I can I call you later? It's in the middle of something. I'm um, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna be at a Barbie later, but um, you can call me tomorrow. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I'm just currently um doing this um Simpsons podcast I do with my mate, so I'll I'll, I'll call you after that. From now on, it's gonna be short short skirts around the house. Oh my god, that sounds <laughs> great, Margot Robbie. Anyhow, I'll talk to you soon. Chill. Love you. Wow, did you what the hell? <laughs> See, what would have been better is, that if, was is if I went out the room and called you and it was actually like me doing that on the phone. Because that, that was obvious it was that me. That would have been but... clever. That, don't critique yourself. That was hilarious. Just let you guys know, that was not bad. That was that was really good improv. Yeah. Well done. A little um, Wolf Wall Street quote. Yeah, well. yeah. I was going to do all that on my own. Oh my God, yeah. She says that Wolf Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good reference. I'd have been weird if I just randomly said that in a New York <laughs> That's accent. That's true. <laughs> I just thought that was your um, your Australian accent kind of slipping. <laughs> um, bad news to start off the podcast: we did not have a donut before we, the podcast. Sorry to break it to you guys, <laughs> but uh, we have coffee, so you know, not a Simpsons related thing, but we're energized, ready to go. And we we dive into some Chief Wiggum lore of his first time discovering we do. donuts. That was that was hilarious. Yeah, we're getting that into, was good. Yeah, we're getting to all of that. But yes, guys, welcome to Dylan and Sebastian have a Simpsons podcast, the podcast that myself and Sebastian here do because we have abandonment issues and it makes us feel a little less lonely. Yeah, yeah. sums it up well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, the Simpsons actually does make me feel a bit less lonely, but let's not get deep on this podcast. Um, today we're reviewing Mother and Other Strangers, the ninth episode of the. 33rd season and I guess we'll just jump right into it we had a few things before the credits this time which is mm. nice we had a little title scroll like the title comes up and um, Sherry Bobbins comes across the screen the classic Mary Poppins parody yeah. from season 8 and um, she's on her umbrella obviously and she just gets sucked into the letter P um, and the couch gag is a pretty simple like you know like, like, an, like an old fashioned couch gag is the family are joined together making a couch and they're trying to pull out and they eventually do a, a nice little one but yeah, we uh, jump into the episode. Bart's struggling to find anything good on TV, and he's flicking through, being like, "Seen it, seen it, seen it." And one of those like a clip from the show of like Homer's thoughts. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he says, "Seen it," and then it's the clip from the Simpsons movie from Skateboarding Naked. Mm-hmm. Lived it, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. Uh, he then comes across a channel called Mutflix. Uh, which is the premium cable channel for dogs. Cecil Helper is like immediately drawn to two dogs that are and this getting was nice. it out. We haven't seen, I haven't seen really much of Cecil Helper for ages. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a consistent amount. Yeah. The last time we would have seen him properly would be an episode that's referenced in a moment. I'll get to it. But um, yeah, and there's like a little warning down below saying, for mature dogs only, three and up. <laughs> and Elisa says it's a channel that, um, that the channel is to dogs what opening a can of dog food is to their ears. We then get like a montage of um, Tesla Helper watching Lady the Tramp. And he watches a, reali- a realistic depiction of that spaghetti scene where it's like the dog oh, yeah. eats a really long string of spaghetti and then like ends up accidentally putting the dog, another dog's face <laughs> into his mouth. And uh, <laughs> a clip of a mailman being like, your, your, your dog bit me. Best day ever. 
and he's just smiling at it. And a bit of like keys jiggling at the screen, and Seth Lepper's really happy. And it pans over to Homer, who's also really happy. He's like, Nate, there's no good TV show ideas anymore. So good that like Bart and Homer just love this. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a bit like a, like yeah. a cat in the screen as well. Like Seth Lepper's growling at it, and then Bart starts growling at it as well. At least it's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and we then cut to. Sansa the Helper's mom is with them. So this bit, you were probably a bit like, that's random. So that was a reference to the last episode of the 31st season. Um, so like an episode that was reviewed in this podcast ages ago. Um, really good episode, but basically in that episode, we find out what happens to Sansa the Helper's mom and they link up at the end of it. So it was okay. kind of like a little throwback to that episode. It was nice to see because there was like hints made at the end of it, like that they that, that we'd see her again and that we didn't for like all of season 32 so it's kind of like oh did they just forget about her but they brought her back here so it, it, it was done nicely um but yeah since Helper's mom comes over for Mother's Day and Homer like starts glowering at the realisation of what day it is um Lisa gives Marge a mug followed by Bart um even though he thinks it's a a, a BS holiday just like his half birthday in, in May the 4th and we see the marriage is like a drawer is filled with Lisa's mugs and drawers filled with Bart's mugs. Bart, Bart's mugs are all breaking. Um, then Homer gives her a gifted photo of the kids, but starts to tear up at the, the bit of the frame that says "for a mom." And uh, we like he, he starts like imagining like a picture of him and Mona on a roller coaster together, and um, Mona like Glenn Close back reprising her role in this episode is like um, this is the only memory. Uh, you have me, and it's and it's fading more and more by the year. Mary starts consoling him as he tears up on the frame. Uh, she says that no one can replace his mom, but at least he still has his father, and that makes him tear up even more. Uh, Lisa points out that l losing a parent is the the most traumatic thing that can happen to a kid, and Homer's like, "That's so sad. Why would you say that?" The <laughs> uh, Bart suggests for Homer's funeral that they'll need an XXL coffin, and that makes him cry even more. And Lisa's like, "Why would you say that?" Uh, but the cat really liked it. Mm -hmm. The cat's just kind of smiling, going, "Meow." <laughs> and Lisa suggests therapy, but marriage says she doesn't know if they can afford any more mental health treatment. It's just, it tastes like a po uh, like like sheets of paper she has for all of them, and on her one it just says like like Marge Simpson diagnosis. Like she's had to like get herself diagnosed for something severe. Uh, so the Homer decides to do an online therapy session, and we pan out. And we see like a bunch of like therapists and the guy running the company like discuss discussing. Um, like who'd be the best person to talk to Homer to ensure financial gain? They eventually find someone. And he starts talking to Homer, um, and you know, he's like, "Okay, tell me what happened." He's like, "It all happened thirty years ago." So we get taken to the to the, pre uh, to the past. Um, yeah, a young Abe is going for some liquor, and he sees notes left by Mona on a bottle, and it's like a series of different bottles. But like the the overall note says, um, "I wrote this on a liquor cabinet so you would see it." I'm wanted by the FBI and I'm leaving forever. He grabs another bottle that just says, A, put the booze and take, put down the booze and take care of Homer. Uh, be gentle, sensitive, stirring an absolute vodka. Okay, now you're just reading the label. <laughs> and a young Homer comes out being like, where's mom? And, and, and Abe is like, she's dead. He runs away and starts to cry. He's like, oh, that'll hold him. <laughs> and just to say before we get into it, like, what a star Dan Kelsen is in this episode. Yeah. Like, he voices Homer and Grandpa, obviously. So, for the majority of this episode, he's voicing... He's just... 
young Homer and young Abe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just him, and he's doing a version of the characters that he's obviously not as used to. He does it brilliantly. I think Abe's one is particularly so impressive. Oh, definitely. It's such a... It's, it's a pretty complicated voice. Like, yeah, because his normal voice is, like, just very... Proper old man, yeah. like, American old man, yeah. So what he does with, like... It sounds like Grandpa, but it's a younger version of Grandpa. Like, he does it absolutely brilliantly. But then the counselor says, um, it must have been tough for him to lose her. And he said it hurts. What hurt most was, like, the big moments in his life that she wasn't around for, such as him learning to drive. Um, but then, uh, you know, back to, the, back, back to the past, he drives straight into the curb. And, like, Mole Man jumps out. He's, like, his driving instructor. And he's, like, same time tomorrow. But it's like he's not even, like, grading Homer poorly. <laughs> he seems to be doing a, a good job to, in, in Mole Man's eyes. And then Wiggum comes up and asks him about um, his driving. And Homer's like, oh, it's, it's his first day driving. And Wiggum's like, oh. Well, this is my first case. And I'm doing this by the book. Which, uh. I left back at the station, so, uh, yeah, well, I better go get it. He goes back to his car, he sees, like, a donut shop. He's like, hmm, where are donuts? I should probably investigate this. <laughs> he goes in, <laughs> and, uh, Homer gets a message from his mom from the Grand Canyon. I was thinking, though, actually, mm. you remember, I mean, the first ever episode of this podcast between us two yeah yeah the also wiggum episode yeah yeah but well, a more he, proper wiggum episode he, wasn't he before he was a police officer like a security guard right he was like a security guard in a police station i think he's like in this reception but, no he was just a security guard yeah. you're right yeah and he was like fat then but then in this <laughs> this is him like, you're right it doesn't, like, it doesn't quite track yeah it's still funny just, yeah i mean there's plenty of moments like that in the show some, yeah i know what you mean yeah i mean you could say like maybe he had like a, a, a trial day on the force before he completely maybe, yeah. I, I mean that's me doing more work than david obviously but you know you you, you you can fix the canon a little bit but um yeah you're right yeah when, when he's running to the donut shop he's he's not he's not fat yet but um yeah, we, we he he gets a letter from Mona from the Grand Canyon, um, and it says like someone here loves you. Don't tell anyone. And we see that the FBI is watching them, and he's glad they let they let the letter go through. Uh, and then like we come into the donut shop, and, like Wiggum is like gaining a belly from each donut that he eats. And he's like, well, how do you sell these? And, he, and she's like, buy a dozen. He's like, Oh boy, which yeah. <laughs> is a really funny origin. Yeah. Like not just how he became fat, but also how he became a, a shit police officer. Because when he's talking to Homer, he's like so ready to you know p- do a good job. It's like donuts took over. Basically, donuts was like his alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He's a, a donutaholic, a doaholic. Um, the counselor then asks uh, when he realized it was all his fault, and then Lisa's like, "Okay, this can't be right. We should switch to somebody else." Um, we then cut to like a, a female counselor who sees Homer's records and he's like, "Whoa, okay, tell me everything." So um, we then cut back to the present. He's approaching Abe about knowing that his mom was still alive, as Abe is like pouring vodka into his cereal, and he admits that he knew she was alive, but he wasn't certain as to where she is. Um, and Abe says he never told him because she didn't love him enough and then realizes that he withheld this information from him because he was ashamed he never gave her what she most wanted to leave Abe. Did you feel like kind of quite dramatic moments in this episode like that? Mm-hmm. that I, I love it. It seemed like a darker side to kind of Homer and Abe's past together. We've always gotten glimpses of it but like, this one gives you like a full kind of scope to it that I really liked. Um, Homer gets off in a car to go and find her and we see that Abe is hidden in the back seat 
And uh, he's like, just where do you think you're going? And he says, to find mom. To find mom, you can't stop me. And he's like, I, I, I'm coming with you. And he says, I, I have a feeling things are going to be smooth sailing from him on out. And then Homer says, like, you know, the, the older Homer over a narration that um, they got to know each other more than ever on this trip. And Abe is like, are you right-handed or left? Right. And they, huh, I never knew that. Books or TV? TV? Me too. Right, I asked you two questions. Let's eat. <laughs> they got to know each other more, but like not on a deep level at all. It's very generic yeah. questions. Um, are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm left. You're left-handed. I thought that. Yeah. I just couldn't remember. You're left-handed. That's crazy. Books or TV? Huh? Books or TV? Just ask the same questions. TV. I mean, I love both. But I mean, yeah, if, if I couldn't do one ever again, it would have to yeah, be TV. Yeah, it's the same. Like, I, I think books I, are more effort. I appreciate books. More. I love reading books. Books are more powerful, but... And it's more satisfying. Like, when you finish a book, it's way more rewarding, like, finish but a movie. If I, if you're saying, like, tomorrow one of these will disappear for the rest of your life... Yeah. You know, I choose books. Yeah, it books, doesn't it? Yeah. But uh, don't cancel us, like, you know, librarians <laughs> and... Uh, you know, big book readers listening to the podcast. No one smart is listening to this. <laughs> no. Yeah, true. Anyone listening to this is a fan of The Simpsons and they're watching TV. <laughs> yeah. But, um, the... Because them in a diner and the waitress asks, like, what they're doing here, Abe says that he's lonely and, um, the closest thing that Homer has to a mother is the woman on the maple syrup bottle. <laughs> the, the, the waitress says this, um, she gets lonely too. She's, like, clearly coming on to Abe. But Abe says that he doesn't have time. This is a brilliant monologue. Really this might be my favourite bit of the episode. <laughs> it's such a good monologue. He says that he doesn't have time. So let's skip straight to the first date that's... Oh, let's skip straight past the first date that's awkward, but ends with potential. The second where they hit it off. The third where she finds out um, beneath his crusty exteriors is some sweet apple pie. And skip right to the breakup. <laughs> She's like, well, it's been fun. It really was. <laughs> and, like, that is kind of how some, like, yeah. quick relationships go. <laughs> but, Especially in TV and film. Yeah. Honestly, real life, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the, the first part where it's, like, the, the bit that's awkward, the, the first day that's awkward, but it ends with potential. That's, like, how probably 95% of my dates have gone. Where you're like, oh, man, this is going nowhere. And, like, right towards the end, it's like, oh, actually, this could go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And you end up having a second date. It just... The more the the more drinks you have, the better you think. Well, it's that's going. exactly yeah. it. Yeah, hundred percent. It starts off so awkward, and you're like, "Please, please get this end." And then th- three minutes later, you're like, "I actually enjoy this person." Yeah, it's definitely not the alcohol speaking. <laughs> Honestly, when I look back at like dating, I'm like, yeah. "Wow!" Like, I really wish I actually went on somewhere I wasn't drinking. I get you, but man, I don't think I would have opened up as much. I would have no, been so true. awkward for the whole date. And I know it's not a good thing, but it's just the facts, like, you know. But it's also, it, it's challenging. Like, you, you don't want to do anything too risky or weird in the first date. So, you know, like, going on to, to the bar for drinks it's is good. a very normal, yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Whereas the only other in-between there is going for coffee, and I hate coffee dates. They're coffee so makes informal. you anxious as well. So coffee so. makes you anxious, but I also find coffee so informal because you're in a busy area, you're close to other people, you're not going to get to know each other as much. It's also always in daylight, which doesn't make for a good date, I find, no, personally. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I don't like coffee dates. And uh, I, mean, I mentioned on the podcast before, but never took a first date to a cinema. Nope. Because you're watching a movie and you're having different experiences and it's rude to talk and it, 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 very, very dumb. Yeah, you're not getting to know them. The first date, I mean, you literally just meet this person, right? Let's yeah. go into this building and not talk for two hours. Literally, yeah. The, the date I went on, like, the one time I did it, we, we had drinks beforehand and we had a nice time at the drinks and we went to see No Time to Die, which I had seen already. She hadn't, so she wanted to watch it. 
And then by the time, you know, it's a long movie, like it's nearly three hours. So by the time we came out, any sort of vibe, good dynamic we'd set up before that was completely and gone. sometimes a film really, like, hits you. Exactly. And it's like, you don't want to talk afterwards. You're like... And you're so drawn to the movie that you kind of think you're on a date almost. You know what I mean? You're, just, you're watching the movie. You're, you're in the adventure. So and then you can't properly enjoy the movie because you're thinking about this date. The date, right? yeah. It, it's a terrible mix. Only go to the cinema with someone that you've been with a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's not a date. You're just hanging out together seeing a movie that you both want to see. <laughs> but anyway, I, I just, it was a brilliant monologue. Um, but we didn't cut to like Homer and Abe sitting on the, on, on the bottom of a car. And Homer's counting the stars. And he's like... 9,094... 9,095, 9,096 stars in the sky. I think you missed that one. Go! One, two, three. Grandpa tells uh, Homer a story. I guess I should be calling Grandpa here. He's, he's Abe. Tells Homer a war story. Um, <laughs> it's like one of his one of his uh, soldiers dying on the battlefield. <laughs> Brilliant lines. Did, did, did you always not have a bottom half? <laughs> So good, and uh, he gives him like a, a, a locket and doesn't like give it to his partner, and he promises him that he will, and then like pans out to them to the young Homer and Abe, and he never gives it to him. And he's like, I guess he like he's wearing it. He's like, I guess that's what happens when you procrastinate. And he gives it to young Homer, then pan out to like you know our present, and he gives it. Homer gives it to Bart because yeah. <laughs> he's like it all the time. And uh, Bart takes it happily. He's like he, he assures him he will give it to her. And Grandpa's like, there, there, there there's a one hundred one year old really looking for that. <laughs> so good, just like a history of like all of them just be people who never get around to doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. But uh, the counselor then asks if um, if Homer's mom leaving sparked any fear in him. And again, just brilliant, like not funny, just heartfelt line. Just will she love me as much as she did when she left me forever? And it's a pretty low bar, like brilliant, beautiful line coming it out. Is of, so sad. Oh my god, coming out of Homer Simpson's mouth, like, um, like honestly though, like the the stuff about Mona always makes me so sad because I love Homer so much, and like it's just such a sad origin that he never properly knew his mom. Yeah. But it also makes so much sense to him as a character. Like, it adds such an extra layer to... Oh, yeah, like, clearly there was a mother figure missing. In his moment, life, yeah, because yeah, he's such a dimwit, and, like, um, that he kind of has marriage as a, as a maternal figure now, you know what I mean? It's... This, might, this might be a dumb question, but yeah. this was sort of, like, this whole episode was sort of a reference to Paris, Texas, right? Never seen Paris, Texas. <laughs> oh, my God. He's giving me that look of, like, I, how dare you have a I different th- life experience I than me. I think it is, but you should. Yeah. It's a very, very good film. I think you'd like it a lot. Do you, you, you know when they're like on the road trip and there's like kind of music playing? Is that sort of like the music that plays in Paris, Texas? I don't know. Because I didn't know that it was very like not Simpsons-like. But it, the ending especially seemed like it was a... Right, right. Who directed that again? Is that... It's not David Lynch. No, not David Lynch. It's not the Coen brothers. Too, too serious. Um, no, it's not the Coen brothers. No, okay. Mm, I don't know then. But yeah, I, mean, I, know, I know it's a popular movie. Is that is it the same kind of... It's their favourite movie. Basic plot? Yeah, yeah. Is it the same kind of basic plot of this episode? Yeah, it's kind not of. the exact same. Okay. It's not about, like, a, a kid. Well, hard to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I, I'll, I I'll get to it. But uh, it might, might be a little homage to it, yeah. But uh, where was I... Oh yeah, she. Um, we see that she's working in a gas station by the Grand Canyon, and a mom comes in with her son. And Mona asks um, how old she is, how, how old how old her son is, and she's 
She says she's 16 and Nimona starts crying. She says she always cries over boys 12 to 20 years old um, because she has a son around that age. And she says she's uncertain if she'll ever... Uh, oh, if she'll ever see him again. Oh, there he is. Uh, she tries to talk to him over the intercom, which is coming out like... Yeah. <laughs> always like, oh, that beautiful voice. That's running over to her. And we see the FBI approaching them. And she's like, oh, FBI, and she runs away. And they're like, how did, how, how did she spot us? <laughs> They're in their suits and sunglasses, like, walking to her so intensely. <laughs> and then Homer starts running for her. Um, and he's, like, thinking in his head. He's like, if I catch up to her, we'll be a family forever. With the with the resentment and the arguments and the smashing doors, it'll be wonderful. <laughs> they're, like, they're, like, going through, like, you know, kind of rock parts of the Grand Canyon. And Grandpa, or Abe, gets stuck. Yeah. Um, but he urges Homer to run. But he says that because he... Because he didn't leave him, he's not going to leave him. And he's like, I love you, Dad. And Grandma's like, I love you too, son. But what you? But that was a very stupid thing you just did. And like, it was kind of stupid. It was also really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. It was like, that, that he, he didn't want to leave Abe stuck, so he saves for him rather than running for his mom. I thought that was an incredibly sweet moment. And we see the Mona hitches a ride with a hippie going to San Francisco. And then it pans back to Homer in the present day. And he's like... Now that I think about it, if I had just gotten mom and uh, ran back for you, I would have had everything. He kind of gives a bit of backstory of like, you know, the resentment grew and grew. Um, he, he turned to everything, uh, you know, trying to fill that void. He turned to alcohol. He turned to church, uh, to religion. There's like a little meeting with him, Reverend Lovejoy. And he's saying like that, that it isn't fulfilling him <laughs> properly. <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy is just like, have you considered changing religion? <laughs> um... And um, then he says he, he met marriage and she fixed everything, uh, which is very sweet again as well. And the counselor says, <laughs> while well, the counselor is talking, we see it at the top of the app, it's just like, Toyota ad in three minutes. And uh, she says that clearly marriage provided him with safety because he knows she'll always be there. And Omar's like, you're right. What a great therapist. Delete app. And the guy running the app is like, what did I tell you about solving people's problems? And she's like, it was just so simple, I couldn't help it. He's like, get out, you're fired. You have major control issues. <laughs> and then um, he does delete the app. And Homer reveals one more thing to the family that he never told them. And it cuts to like him a lot older. Bart is born. Um, he's struggling to get the umbilical cord off. <laughs> so he starts strangling it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great little origin there. He starts strangling and then eventually tears the little cord off. And what he's doing, he says, Why you little? And it cuts back to, he has a framed photo of this moment. And he's like, What a precious memory. And he, st- he starts mooning him as well. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> he starts mooning, or like baby Bart starts mooning over. And he's like, Hey, he's mooning me. And Marriage is like so morphined up that she doesn't notice. And he's like, Babies can't moon people. <laughs> um, Have you ever mooned someone? Hmm? Have you ever mooned someone? Have I ever mooned someone? No. I've shaken my butt at people, but I've never like... I've never mooned someone, but my I've encouraged off. someone else to moon someone. I've never encouraged someone. <laughs> I, I, I've seen it happen to a group of friends of mine. I remember being on like a school tour in Germany and... Um... School tour? What, were you in a band? <laughs> school of Rock? <laughs> what, is that not what you call it? Trip. School trip. No, we call it school tours in Ireland. I guess it's probably the American. What were you touring, though? The miracle. <laughs> yeah, we were a band as well. My the, the, the 30 people in my ear was a gigantic band. Like School of Rock. Um, but yeah, we were on like one of those kind of like, one of those see-through glass elevators where you could like see the people going up as you were going down. 
and um, they were all like clearly German people, and a bunch of my friends just started mooning them, <laughs> and they just, they just smile in a way that does, which is so weird. You think about it because we were like thirteen, fourteen, yeah. showing our butts. I at mean, the... I wouldn't be smiling and waving. I would have turned my eye to it completely. Yeah. I, I'd probably just laugh. Mm-hmm. I would have laughed. Yeah, they were just smiling, and waving us, and be like, "We approve." <laughs> well, who did you? Who did you make moon? Just um, one of my mates on the bus. I was just like, "I'll moon that kid." <laughs> <laughs> He did with no hesitation. No hesitation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could it? tell he'd mooned before. Yeah, yeah, this, this is an experienced yeah. man. He he knew a thing or two about mooning. He was really good at it. He was clearly experienced. He really squished his butt right against the window. <laughs> <laughs> he was able to move it around a little bit. He, he knew his stuff. <laughs> but anyway, back to this heartfelt moment. Um, a pediatrician comes in saying that she needs to look at Bart, and we see that it's clearly Mona dresses like a male doctor. And um, she takes off like her fake mustache, and she's like, "I came as soon as I heard. I just had to see the baby, but I can't stick around for long. They're still after me. Just know that I'm always with you in here." And he starts tearing up, and he's like, "I guess I'll have to do," and walks away. I actually have to tear up a little bit recounting this moment. It always makes me so sad. The moment of it's so tragic for a show that's like usually you know gag heavy. This mm-hmm. is such a heartfelt little origin for Homer. She puts the she puts the mustache back on and like grandpa comes in with like an it's a boy uh balloon and a teddy bear and she says she says to grandpa um in like her male voice like I even miss you sometimes <laughs> She walks away and grandpa's like Wait doctor let's talk <laughs> <laughs> Uh she says she or sorry, Homer says he has no idea if that was a dream and there's no way he'll ever know. And Grandpa was like, It wasn't a dream, I was there <laughs> And Homer's like, There's no reliable way I'll ever know. And then Lisa says, either way, it's wonderful. And um, Homer takes the family to, for Mother's Day, to the finest restaurant in town. And they're all like eating there together. And Marriage says that this is all she needs. And um, we cut over to Homer, like coming out with food, with, like uh, a plate full of food in his food on his plate and um the squeaky voice teen is like sir this is not a buffet please stay out of the kitchen <laughs> and Homer's like when the sign says brunch i brunch and when you see a brunch sign and a waiter changes it to uh closed due to bankruptcy um we get two tags before the credits it's um says little helper watching chicken falling on the floor and he starts drooling and we see Homer's drooling as well and he's like can we have dinner on the floor tonight and Marge is like no and we get one more uh, this must have been a movie reference because this is so weird and specific is the bit with Homer as a kid on the flute and it's in black and white and it cuts to like do you not remember this it cuts to him at the beach with like a bunch of other Homers and they're like dancing together yeah I don't know what it was it must have been a movie reference it had to because it was so weird I, I did, it must have been a reference to a movie that has a similar enough plot of this episode it had to maybe Paris Texas I don't know but yeah, I, I thought the visuals of like it wasn't can't have been Paris, Texas. Oh, it's Paris, Texas. Okay, it must have been something yeah. that was thematically similar to this episode. But yeah, it's it, I, it's hard to even describe it. Like that watch episode is a hard one to describe. But visually, like very good, very weird. Him playing the flute as a kid and it cuts like a bunch of different Homers. It's like Homers you've seen over different episodes, like dancing together. Um, and one of them is like Tracy Ullman show Homer, oh, yeah. and they just push him onto the floor. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I thought that was great. That was yeah, one of the best like post. Post credit bits, yeah, yeah. Like it didn't matter the episode, but like it was visually very pleasing. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, that concludes the episode. So final, final uh, opinions, yeah, final summary. I'm bring the mic a bit closer to us so we can relax and yeah, sure. Um, that's what it's meant to be. 
No, so, man, I like to be really tense during doing the podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really like this, and oh, yeah, I love it this. really seems like the season's picking up. Mm, um, I agree because you see, it does seem like it goes good episode, bad episode, alright episode, good episode. Yeah, this is like well, for it's, me, it's, it's been a run now. It's been four good ones in a yeah, row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but there, there seems to be a run now, and this has been quite consistent season, I'd say. Like, I would say so there was far. Only a few bad eggs. I would so say so, I, I, I don't want to jump ahead and get too like um, too presumptuous. It's not even halfway through it, but like I would say so far, it's been more consistent than season thirty-two in terms of like really solid episodes. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think so. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this episode. It was a great. I love. I love this sort of episode where it like jumps back mm-hmm. to like them in the past. Totally. And it's really sweet. And it gives you a you know a side to Homer that we never see. Yeah. We don't see very much of. Um I like very that, sweet. I like that the episode wasn't about Marge at Mother's Day. Totally. But it was more about Homer's mum. Yeah, yeah. That's true. It was one of the same. Homer made the whole yeah. day about himself. I never even thought about that. That's so funny. And, and I love I love that that <laughs> Homer making Mother's Day about himself could have been a, a plot from the past, and it could have been something like silly. That's yeah, something that's. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad. I mean, it went in like a. They did like a U-turn. Yeah, totally. Um, and it was full of hilarious moments. Mm-hmm. It was full of like them building more backstory. Totally. Um, and some really heartfelt moments. Yeah. And I think we hadn't had, um, we hadn't really had a. We hadn't heard about Homer's mum for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. there's been so, episodes, so, not in a long time. Yeah, no. and I think it was good timing, and, and and it provided a good extra detail to her. It, it didn't yeah. feel shoehorned in. Like it really, it, it felt like it, this episode had purpose to exist. You know what I mean? Like the the bit, the fact that she, even though it was more a funny scene than a heartfelt scene, mm. the fact that she heard Bart was born and disguised and went back to yeah. the hospital was very sweet did you think it was more funny I thought it was like the most heartfelt moment of the episode when well, he's like I, get, I, I guess it, I'll it have to do it got funny at the end because it was grandpa yeah yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think that's in the Simpsons they they finest that, yeah. when they have a heartfelt moment like this episode is I personally I think per- perfectly balanced between like heartfelt you know more serious moments and like really really funny bits yeah. I, I thought it was perfectly balanced in that way it was never too much uh, I can't remember what I rated the last episode I'm pretty sure you gave it a 7. seven you, you do, seven we, we agreed. Five. We gave it a 7.5, both of us, yeah. I think I liked the ep- last episode a little bit more. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so I would give this one a 7. 7? Fair yeah. enough. I definitely preferred this episode. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Nice. Yeah, I said it was a wonderful, heartfelt episode. I liked how it led... I liked how it led you to believe it was about Homer and his and his mom, but it was actually more about his relationship with his father. But it was a nice little surprise. Uh, for me, this is when The Simpsons is at its finest, when it balances heartfelt moments with ridiculously goofy gags. I'm not afraid to say it, I teared up at several points. Um, Homer losing his mom has always been something that's made me feel incredibly sad. And um, yeah, it's I, I, I think it's the best episode of the season so far, personally. You think? Yeah, personally, wow, yeah. Okay. I would have thought it would be it, it, a series that just couldn't... couldn't... Um, couldn't have gotten better. The season couldn't have gotten better than the series standards. Uh, personally, but I, I actually much prefer this episode. Yeah, and I uh, obviously do. Yeah, obviously you did. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I like guess that sums it up. Yeah, fantastic episode. Um, it felt like it kind of had like a, a classic vibe to it. Like Definitely. it, like I said, it it, it just it, it had a reason to exist, and it's like one of these episodes. Episodes like this are the reason why I try to tell people like 
the later seasons are not as bad as you think. You know, like this is such a solid episode that I feel like they they would have made years ago, and I felt like I feel like people are missing out by just assuming the whole yeah. season, the, the whole show is shit now. Like, look, we do get crap episodes that you'd never seen earlier seasons, like the start of the backstage being a shining example. But then you get episodes like this, and it's like I think it's unfortunate that. You know, die-hard Simpsons fans who refuse to watch any any episode past season well, ten are yeah. missing this. You know, it's like it's like saying, um, "Do you like pizza?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like pizza, so pizza hasn't been good since the nineties. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but and you're always gonna have the odd pizza that's not that good. Yeah, and then you're gonna have ones that are great. So I mean, that's it's, it's kind of a silly analogy. It was kind of good because like <laughs> there's so much different pizzas. Yeah. And, and pizza's made in different ways. There's also so many different Simpsons episodes. And since yeah. you've had so many like different a writers... Few, a few pizzas have pineapple on it, and they're not good. I exactly. Started the backstage is definitely a pineapple, pineapple with pizza. pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with onions. Um, but actually, I like onions on pizza. I don't know why I said that. Star of the backstage <laughs> is um, a pineapple pizza without cheese and barbecue sauce. Without cheese? <laughs> so it's not even a pizza. Actually, that's fair. Because it's not even a Simpsons no, episode. Pizza's, you, it's still pizza without, pizza without cheese. cheese. Yeah, yeah, it's marinara. Just didn't know that was a thing. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Sorry, I, I'm not. I'm not a connoisseur of pizza, it's obviously. Right. It's right. <laughs> but like, yeah, you, you you get different um different Simpsons episodes. This, this show has evolved most over the years. They've had different writers. They have so many different characters. So you know, an episode where Krusty's the lead is going to be so different to an episode where Mr. Burns is the lead. So it's so varied. But yeah, this was a a classic like episode about the family. I also liked it was grounded in a way because they never leave the house. Yeah, in the true, present day I, I really like that as well it, it felt very grounded yeah. but anyway continuing um, wonderful episode uh, we'll jump into the news now live from London City well a little bit outside of London City it's Simpsons News the two news I have this week is actually both related to like kind of people like us but fans of the Simpsons who create content about the Simpsons rather than actually about the show which is kind of cool um, this lady I follow on YouTube who, like, I would highly recommend to anybody who's, like, a die Harry Simpsons fan. Like, her stuff is, like, they're video essays and they're long. They're, like, 15, 20 minutes long. Um, but she created a, a tier list, which... which I is, love a tier list. A tier list yeah. of all the characters in the show. 124 characters. Wow. Yeah. And so, obviously, not, like... Not the, the once-offs. But, yeah, all characters, like, who you see yeah. more than once, basically. It's a tier list, and I, I I can't remember exactly how it was, but basically you, you, you put the characters in different tiers, and then, like, you click into at the end, and you, you see who your favorite characters are in order, basically. Yeah, but it's, it's like, like, S is, like, the top. Yeah, the goals. it's, like, A, B, C. Exactly, yeah. she actually named them all. It, it was five, so the first one was, like, uh, Stonecutter's Elite. The second one is uh, Max Power. The third one is Cromulent, perfectly fine. The fourth one is the No Homers Club, and the fifth one is Meh. So pretty, like, you know, all, all Simpsons references. And she did a hour and a half long video of her doing it herself. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to that I watched the whole hour. <laughs> they, are, they are entertaining. They're super yeah. entertaining. She's so well-versed in The Simpsons. Like, you know, for each character, she had, like, a lot to say about it. She does, like, timelines of the characters. Those videos are the ones I'd recommend the most. Where, like, she takes every detail you have about these characters in the show and makes it into a consistent timeline. It's re- really well done. But, um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And the second piece of news, I want to give a massive shout out to Dando, who, Brendan Dando is his full name, but he's better known as just Dando, who has a Simpsons podcast called Four Finger Discount. Um, 
it is the OG Simpsons podcast. Right. I mentioned it quite a bit at the beginning of doing this show. I haven't mentioned much in recent seasons, but I, I still listen to it a lot. A lot and I love that podcast. It was the first podcast I ever listened to consistently. Um, it would make sense if a podcast about The Simpsons is what got yeah. me in the podcast, obviously. But um, basically, yeah, great podcast. He quit his job recently. He put up a, a very short podcast about it. He quit his job that he he's had a boring office job and he he put up a, a really inspiring um podcast about just how doing podcasts has always been his dream and because he has like a full-time job two kids and a wife that he um you know he, he hasn't been able to be as consistent with his podcasts as he wanted to be so he quit his job and basically in the podcast he urges anyone who's a fan of him um or anyone who can spare a few dimes to donate to his patreon um and uh, I, I I did it, and on that Patreon he actually has a bunch of other podcasts that are exclusive to Patreon. So he has like the Simpsons yeah. one you can listen to anywhere. But on his Patreon he has like um, a South Park podcast, Friends, Mandalorian, um, one, one about movies. Uh, there's another show and I'm forgetting a uh, Seinfeld and, and Futurama. So basically he he wants to make podcasting his full time career and but obviously he just he, he needs support from people so he's urging people to donate to his Patreon and yeah I'm just I'm just saying like I mean his podcast is bigger than mine so it's like who might even be giving him a shout out but I just I found that video really or that podcast really inspiring it's the the incredible risks he's taking just I just thought it was so bold and brave and. Um, yeah, it's fun, really inspiring. And like, he's honestly, he's the goat of Simpsons podcast. Like, this podcast would not exist without him. So, I would feel remiss not to give him a shout out for that reason. So, anyone yeah. who's listening to this who's a fan of Simpsons podcasting, which, you know, is obviously the majority of our audience, I would urge you, if you can spare any time, to donate to his to his Patreon. But yeah, that's all the Simpsons news for this week. Okay. Yeah. So, you want to do Simpsons classics now then? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's jump um, into it. I mean, this is as classic as it comes. Oh my god, it's, I mean, it is, it's like the epitome of a classic. When you episode. say The Simpsons, this is probably what comes into most people's minds. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's so classic. It's another Homer-based episode, Big Shock. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they are the best episodes, I, I there's love, no denying it. They are. They we love are. a stupid love, Homer. Yeah. Or just him getting up to antics. Um, and it's Mr. Plough. Yeah. And, I mean, can, oh can my you god. get more classic? I know, I, I love... It's just so... It's funny. so good. I love it's Barney perfect. in this episode. Oh, brilliant. Like, I love that it's sort of like an evil side of Barney. I know. Yeah. I remember when I first saw this episode, I was, like, hurt by Barney betraying Homer. Mm. I was like, Jesus, because he was always, like, just a funny drunk character. And he's, he's drinking buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He just fucking t- <laughs> takes over his his job as the Plow King. Um, and he does their team song. Mr. Plow is oh, yeah. a loser, and I think he is a boozer. Sorry about that. Make that call to the Plow King. I think I everyone, that. everyone has seen this. I think the door just went. My door. Yeah. What do you mean? I think the, someone knocked at the door. door but I don't think yeah. so. We'll pause here. Uh, I mean, I don't. I think you're wrong, though. Oh, I think you're right. Oh, it, it's definitely a guy, a charity guy. He's walking away. Okay. <laughs> Fuck that. Maybe we could keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> so they can see that I uh, <laughs> after me being like donate to Brendan Dando. <laughs> oh, charity's knocking at the door. Well you know what those people are like and they want you to donate thirty pounds a month. I can't afford that shit. And they get you to stay. That wasn't happening. How did you I did not hear that at all. You're a better listener than I am. But <laughs> yes, Mr. Plow. Anyway, continuing. <laughs> Mr. Plow, I mean, it's literally, there's so many things I could say about the episode. So I'm sure crazy. everyone listening's seen it. Yeah. Um, you and hope. If, you, if you haven't, then... If you're listening to a Simpsons doing? podcast, you haven't seen if Mr. Plow. If you have pause the podcast now 
and go watch it. I would say listen to the rest of the podcast and it's over and then watch Mr. Um, <laughs> and there's so many good moments. It's it's one of them episodes when I'm on my own yeah. watching Simpsons and things like that. Uh-huh. I don't often laugh. Sure. Like, it's a lot easier to laugh when you're with someone. Yeah, with people. yeah. Or like a, a live comedy show. It's or very something. rare. I'll find something really funny. But yeah. I, I, I rarely laugh on my own. Yeah. I guess like um, you, you could say that like Mr. Plow is kind of like me in a way because I always make you laugh out loud and like you think I'm really funny. And, and you channel me. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were we were um, getting Mr. Plow enough. is your my, the nickname I gave you. <laughs> <laughs> gives me. And uh, whenever we switch over, I call him the Plow King. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love I love his the, the, the bit where uh, we start like find a new marketing employee for Mr. Plow and he's like, <laughs> Mr. Plow's my name and I'm here to say I'm the plowiest guy in the USA. <laughs> I can I can plow your I can plow your home from here to there. I can plow your cow if you have one. <laughs> and the kids are like, please never do that again. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, I I laugh out loud at this episode. It's so freaking um, funny. It's rare so many does bits. that, and when it does, I know it's good. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It, it is again one of those episodes that's like there's a gag like every five, ten seconds. It's so freaking funny. Um, what other bits are great? <laughs> oh, his commercial for um <laughs> for TV was it's on on like quarter past three at night. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's like Grandpa being the Winter King, and he's like, "Hey, get out of here." <laughs> season <laughs> i don't want to deal with you anymore and he's like okay i'm going <laughs> oh, i gotta fix my back <laughs> when, he, when he's plowing every part of springfield and he plows the retirement castle and they're all like hey we can go outside again they're all just standing there he's like i'm cold and frightened <laughs> all go back so, good. <laughs> so many good moments um and for that simple fact it's a 10 10 out of 10 it's really 10 10. i think it's it would so be... good I think it would be... I, I know that maybe it's because I've seen the episode so much. I think it would be a 9 out of 10 for me. It's still fantastic, but it wouldn't be, like... wouldn't be in my top... wouldn't be in my top 50 I episodes, I think for me, it's, it's definitely up there. Yeah, 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 no, fair enough. I think it might be that I've seen so much. Like, it is a great episode, don't get me wrong, but I think I'd give it a, a 9. Oh, another great thing is when... When it, when um, the key to the city gets given to oh, Barney yeah. over Homer, and Mercury's like, "Why is there teeth marks on this?" He's like, "I thought there was chocolate on the inside." Like, why would you think that? When it was wrapped in foil, like, no, it wasn't. That's <laughs> 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 just such funny, like so ridiculous stupid. moments like that. Adam West's cameo is so oh weird. yeah yeah, <laughs> it's so great when he's talking about how Batman's all dark and gritty now. It's like, what about the bat dance? <laughs> That's doing a dance and Homer. It was like walk away kids do not make eye contact <laughs> it kind of felt like a like a precursor to his role in family guy yeah you know, yeah, I was, I know he's, mean, he's yeah. mayor west it's a very kind of similar character it's him as himself just yeah. being really weird <laughs> um oh yeah i mean there's so many freaking funny moments i could go on forever um yeah just 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 an absolutely solid episode like i said it's just it is as classic as they get like it's one of those episodes that when someone, when you say The Simpsons, it's, it, you think of that. You, you know, do, you, yeah. You think of Homer doing his little dance where his the back of his jacket is facing the camera being like, what am I forgetting it? Oh, call Mr. Plough. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plough. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, one more bit. Just, I only noticed this, this time watching it, actually, is how many references are made to th- that he isn't running it legally. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Bart says something like, it's, it's licensed by the government, right? On the ad. And he's like, Quiet boy. <laughs> it Quiet them, boy. Yeah, because I'm watching it on TV and he, he growls at bars. Like they didn't edit it, edit it out. <laughs> and like the 
the government calls and being like, um, I'm here. I'm here to investigate. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk to a Mr. Plow. He's like, oh, oh, you mean the guy who who who, who plows driveways? No, no, I'm Tony Plow. <laughs> <laughs> so many stupid bits like that. Um, or even when they mention, you know, when he has a car crash at the beginning of the episode, and um, the police officer's like, you, you said you're at a place called Moe's. Is that like a business? And he's thinking to himself like, okay, try think of a place uh, that's open at night. Oh no, Moe's is a pornography store. <laughs> I was buying pornography. And back to his thoughts. Nailed it. <laughs> so good. There you have. Yeah, he he does a really good job with the voice acting in this episode. Ooh, Homer. Yeah. Uh, that guy's on that. Obviously not Homer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's fantastic as like, always. Obviously, like, he always is. But I feel like there's and this episode, like the way he delivers the like phone calls and like things. Yeah, like that, that's true. Very, like. It's subtle. He's on the money. And he's also Barney. So, like, he is, like, the two most important characters of this episode as well. I mean, like I said, it is sensational. But, yeah, that's true because Homer goes through so many emotions this episode because he's really, he's really, like, you know, um, silly, goofy Homer at some points and he gets kind of angrier when Barney takes over and stuff. And there's this song at the end when him and Marge are about to get down because Marge wants to, (laughs) Marge finds the the plow jacket attractive for some reason. (laughs) Oh, yeah, just, just, just fantastic episode. Anyhow, moving on um, to my impression, I there was there wasn't any character with a major role in this episode who I hadn't already done an impression of before, so I just decided to go Reverend Lovejoy. He only had that one funny bit, but I haven't done him yet. So Reverend Lovejoy. So as always, there is four quotes, and um, one of them isn't Reverend Lovejoy, obviously. Um, if God lets the Jews ha- have Sunday on a Saturday, he'll be cool with this. Um, my wife, my wife was selling cosmetics. So I asked her to, I asked her to quit because she was making more money than me. Um, I was talking to, to doing a dance called uh, the backup, but my hips sli- slipped. <laughs> my hips slipped. And my buttocks came in contact with the buttocks of, the, of another young man. And finally, Homer, a marriage can't be reconciled in a few hours. It takes a whole weekend to do that. Um, I'm thinking it's two or three. Um, so the wife that's selling cosmetics and him doing a dance called the backup. <laughs> Such I think a good three. quote. You're right. Yeah, that was that was Ned. Okay, cool. <laughs> proper Ned yeah. line. He actually says it to Reverend Lovejoy, which is where I got the quote from. <laughs> Such a great line. I was talking to doing a dance called the backup, but my hips slipped and my buttocks came into contact with the buttocks of another young man. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing, <laughs> But yeah, so good. Um, so moving on to the trivia. So yeah, trivia and then the quiz. So it's just two pieces of, quiv- of trivia as always, of quivia should I say. Um, so Comic Guy's catchphrase, I only found this out from doing research this week, I actually never knew this one. Comic Guy's catchphrase, worst something ever, was taken directly from a television critic who once referred to an episode in season nine as the worst episode ever. One of the writers immediately said that that is like something Comic Guy would say. I never knew that. That's such a good detail. That's really good. Just yeah. throwing shade at that critic. Basically, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it is terrible because it's like, you're not even critiquing. You're just saying, oh, this is the worst. Yeah, you're, you're just being a fucking, like, a YouTube... It's like a little kid. Yeah, a, a YouTube troll. Like, you know, get into it. Worst episode ever. <laughs> so good. Um, and then final piece of trivia. Matt Grain decided to make the characters yellow as it would always make the show immediately recognisable and different to channel hoppers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it com- makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, so clever. And it's so, obviously, so no other cartoon has yellow characters. They can't. 
Yeah, they can. Yeah, because because if you do, you're about, you're about yeah. the Simpsons. It's so clever. Because yeah, it, it's always you always know a Simpsons character as soon as you see one, even if it's a character in the background. Like you know what I mean? You you know it's a Simpsons character, yeah. so it's genius. He also did this really clever thing with the family, where it's like, it's always been his method for for making cartoons. It's like they they're, they're recognizable through silhouettes. So it's like a, a silhouette of Homer. You still know it's Homer. A silhouette yeah. of Mark. Silhouette of Bart. You know it's them. I think that's such a clever way of like creating cartoon characters. But yeah, jumping into the quiz. So ten as usual. Your best score is still uh, five out of ten. Okay. <laughs> so what war did Principal Skinner fight in? Um, Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. That was a complete guess. I know, I know. Very good. Uh, it made sense. Yeah, he, he's not old enough to have been yeah. in World War Two, So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, number two, what's Reverend Lovejoy's first name? Um, Raymond? Raymond uh, Lovejoy actually kind of sounds like a good name, but no, it, it's Timothy. Oh! <laughs> um, now say don't if I get a question. I like that. I mean, you can say, hmm. Oh, no, you can say, woohoo, if you get one right. Woohoo! Nice. Uh, number three, what religion is Krusty? Uh, Jewish. Jewish, yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> you got it. Woohoo! Uh, number four. It, even if I didn't know that, I think I just knew that in the back of my head anyway. If I didn't know that, I'd guess that. He's quite Jewish, because yeah, it's yeah. Just, it seems Jewish. Jewish like, undertones in, in that character. Way, yeah, 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 no, for sure. He's like, he's, he's clearly like the voice is, you know, that person yeah. is trying to be Jewish in that voice. Like, um, number three. Number four, who shot Mr. Burns? Maggie. Maggie, very good. Number don't. five. <laughs> I just want to say do every time now. Uh, number five. What's the name of Ned's old store that sells left-handed items? Um, the Left Hand Emporium. Left Hand. You're so close, man. The Leftorium. <laughs> oh, that was a complete guess. Yeah, well. can't give it to you. My phrase not the name, but you were very close. Okay. Will I give you half a point for that? Okay. Yeah, I'll give you half a point. Um. Left-handed items. Uh, question number six. According to this episode, how old is Homer? This is like... Wait, what episode? This episode, the one that we, rev- oh. the one that we reviewed. According to this episode, how old is Homer? Mm-hmm. You have to have been really listening to catch yeah. this. <laughs> this is like, I'm just gonna, was he paying attention? I'm going to say... 54. 54, no. So, he mentions that his mom left when he was nine. And... And um, when he's telling the story to the counselor, he says, it all happened 30 years ago, which means that he's 39. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 39 has also always been, they're not as consistent with marriage and Homer's age, like like the hour Bart and Lisa and, and Maggie, like they're always 10, 8, and 1. They're not as consistent with marriage and Homer, but the most consistent age they mentioned is 39. Actually, yeah, 54 was quite a reach, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, in the, you know, he's fat and bald and stuff, I get it, but he's... His spirit, like yeah. thirty nine, makes sense that he's nearly forty. I think it makes you know it funnier I mean? that he's fat and bald and he's thirty nine. I know, I know that like, he he shouldn't look that bad yet. <laughs> I think it makes it way funnier. But um, yes, number seven. Uh, why did Barrett get sued by Australia? Oh, I watched this one not too long. ago. Oh, really? Great. Um, he got sued. Oh, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um... Because he prank called um, someone. He, did he scam them or something? He, he called someone. I <laughs> gotta give him gestures to try and um, help him get it. He prank called someone. 
I mean, like, yes, he did prank call someone, but it's not... It's what he did. It, 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 it's what led to that, what that prank call led to. You don't know, do you? It led to some, like, sort of, um, political, like, war, like... Like a big meeting. Don't think you're going to get it. I think I'll give you half a point for that. Yeah, thank you. So I'll turn your three and a half to a four. Um... So yes, he made a he made a prank call, but because he made a prank call to Australia, it was an, an incredibly large phone bill. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that family were suing him for that. So yeah, I think it's half a point. Um, number eight, Homer was once locked up in a mental asylum with which famous musician? With which famous musician? Yeah. Um... You definitely seen this episode, or the guy who thought he was this famous musician. It's debatable, but it was actually that person voicing him. Um... Definitely in this episode. Stevie <laughs> <laughs> um... Wonder? No. One of the most, I'll give you one more guess. One of the most iconic musicians in the world. To this day? Oh, yeah. Paul McCartney? No, nah, he was in the show as well, but no. Um, I said I'd give you one more, I guess. Michael Jackson. Oh. You don't see that one? I think I have, yeah. Lisa, but... it's your birthday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's in the mental asylum for wearing a pink shirt to work. <laughs> okay. Um, number nine. How many kids does Apu have? Eleven. One more guess. Nine. Eight. Oh. And final question. I don't think you're going to get it, even though I did mention... Yes. Who voices Mona? Who voices Mona? Yeah. Uh, you said, but I can't remember. <laughs> Not gonna guess? No. What if I said movies that she's in? Maybe you don't know the movies even. She played Crab the Villain, the one of the Dalmatians movies. She's in that fantastic movie, Fatal Attraction. I'm not gonna be able to guess Michael it. Douglas. Have you seen Fatal Attraction? No. That's a great movie. Uh, Glenn Close. Okay. Sorry, Sebastian. You have, you, you, you've let us down. By one. No. Got four out of ten. Don't. Don't. Why you little? <laughs> Sex strangling me. Um, I mean, look, five is still your best. It's it's clearly the score to beat, like, by a long I shot, I guess. <laughs> I cannot get near. <laughs> you always either get five or, like, a little bit I below. I started off really well. You did. You, I was like, he's on a roll, and maybe my questions were tough, but... That's the aim of the game, I'm afraid. <laughs> Anyhow, I think we're good to end it from there. Uh, great episode thank you guys as always for listening <laughs> get some really weird stories in this one that was nice um yeah thank you guys as always for listening be sure even if you don't end up um subscribing to four finger discounts patreon just get that podcast a look because it, it is the reason why this podcast exists and i love it so much and i think for any simpsons fan it is the ghost of simpsons podcasts before we take over of course <laughs> all right guys talk to you soon ciao bye bye